down in Missouri when I heard this lullaby. While the stars were blinking and the moon was shining high. Welcome to Show in Missouri. This is Missouri, one county at a time. Today we're in Lawrence County at the historic county courthouse, one of the prettiest courthouses in the entire state. Lawrence County was founded on February 14, 1845. The 83rd County founded. Cut out of Barry and Dade County, 613 square miles in southwest Missouri. Named after James Lawrence, a naval officer from the War of 1812. And we are joined by o Olden Cole, the MU Extension Office. Mr. Cole, thank you for joining us. You're sure welcome. It is always, no matter how the football team's doing or how folks like the college, in every county, folks love their Extension Office. It is a, I don't know who came up with the concept, but it's been a really good thing for Missouri, I think. Well, we are glad to hear that. We uh, try to help people uh, kind of succeed in the uh, endeavors that they are in. And of course, I'm primarily involved in agriculture and uh, the farming side of it. We are here with the uh, with Missouri Farm Bureau, uh, Skyler Lacey. Mr. Lacey, thank you for joining us. Yes, sir. Uh, Kathy Fairchild, the county treasurer, thank you so much for being with us. You're welcome, thank you. In Butler County, we still have a big safe. Joe Humphrey used to be the treasurer, but we've got a, we've got a better one now, we've, we've improved. But I was interested to see, they still have the old safe in there, and he would use it to store stuff and oh, things. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's, that's an interesting thing, and there's a big safe in the Capitol, too, and mm -hmm. you, don't, uh, you don't think about it, but I guess they really did use to store a bunch of money in there one time. Yeah, we have vaults in several of the offices like that. Mm -hmm. And uh, Ms. Jamie Lewis with the Historical Society here in Lawrence County, thank you for making the time. Well, thanks for having me. Before we get too far into this, how can folks find the Historical Society? Well, we have a Facebook page, um, which we're pretty active on. We also have a Facebook group that you can access through that. Or um, we are located, help me with the address, Kathy. 11110 Lawrence 1137 Mount Vernon. That's our museum. Nice. We also have a restored 1855 cabin out there, and then we also have another museum just west of the square here dedicated to the old MRC Chess Hospital. Now, if you was going to, from the courthouse, how could you get to that museum? Like, which, which, say, which way from the courthouse? Uh, west? From the courthouse, go west about a half a block on Dallas mm -hmm. Street um, to get to our, our Jones Memorial, our big museum. From the courthouse, go east on Center Street to East Street mm -hmm. and turn left, which is north, and follow that out till you see the big limestone building next to the golf course. Gotcha. So uh, the way I read it was interesting. They said the Osage Indians came through here and the Delaware Indians. Mm -hmm. uh, I would think with all these hills, you'd have some Indian mounds and folks could still maybe find if they're in the right spot. Well, there's... This was Osage territory until about 1818. And after that, this was part of the Delaware Reserve, but that only lasted about 20 years. Um, in fact, some of the communities around here started, I know Sarcoxie, of Jasper County, that was actually a hunting camp for um, the Sarcoxie Band of the Delaware. Um, there's some mounds, there's some other, I mean, the Ozarks are just lousy with you know, Native American artifacts. Um, but we tend, those of us in the know, tend to kind of keep that on the wrap. Keep on the down low? Uh, well, I, I mean, looting is a real problem. Sure. I understand that. Uh, different kind of loot than they have up in St. Louis, right? Oh, yeah. It's a hair different. Uh, 1831, I read with it, some of the first white settlers were James White, Daniel Beale, and James Miller. Is that how they folks tell it here? I'd say it would be Williams, John Williams. Um, now, where would they have settled when they came down? Just east of town here. Um, in fact, there's a local legend. Um, if you come down I-44, you cross what's called Turnback Creek, mm -hmm. just uh, west of Halltown. And the legend says that this wagon train of settlers came in and they got to that creek and for whatever reason decided to turn, turn back and go to Springfield. And I believe there was a pregnant woman about to deliver or something. <laughs> um, but a bunch of them turned back and then Williams and the rest of his group came on forward, the whites and the... Right. So uh, it's interesting, 1830s is, and then it turns around as a county. Uh, I, I've seen it, it grew in population by about 500 folks in 10 years. Mm -hmm. what, what made folks come here? Was it just the, the, the hills? Could they raise cattle? Was it farmland? Well, back then, most farmers were subsistence farmers. Mm -hmm. They weren't, you know, big cattle barons like we have now. Um, 
And in fact, cattle was one of the, not one of the top animals that was raised. Sheep and pigs were bigger than cattle. Um, but it was subsistence, this was pioneer land, this opened up, just like the rest of the history of the American West, this opened up when they, they pushed the Indians on further west. And, you know, in 1831, um, those first, they were squatters, technically. This was still Delaware territory. Um, but it just opened up. It just happened to happen here earlier than it did in other parts of the country. So, they, how they established this Delaware territory? Was it just an act of Congress? How did they? Treaty. Treaty. Uh, multiple treaties. Then, then I guess the, the settlers just came in and disregarded the treaties. Just like they've always done. Yep. Yep. Now we want it, so keep them moving. I watched that show Yellowstone, and they, 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 uh, the folks in that, there's Indians, and then with settlers in Montana, and they don't, they don't have a very good view of white settlers. And I guess, but, you know, it's one of those things that like, feels like we kind of earned it. Well, and go to Oklahoma. They don't have yeah. a real good view. <laughs> I could understand that. Uh, so uh, the, the county came in in 1845. It's interesting, you know, there's a, a lot of Missouri counties counted in the late 40s and 50s because they knew slavery was going to, there would be a vote on slavery at some point. And at the time, the legislature, every county had one representative. So you had a slew of counties created all at one time. Uh, and it was partly based on growth and the need, but partly based on they wanted that extra member of the legislature. So in the case there was a vote. Well, and a lot of it had to do with... Um like, for example, when before Lawrence County existed, when we were part of Berry County, we had to go all the way to Greenfield or we had to go all the way to what is now Pierce City if you wanted to do any county yeah. business. Um, so it wasn't conducive, you know, to have to ride 100 miles to go get married um, or to file a deed or something along those lines. So a lot of that just had to do with population increase and, and easier access to services. So as time went by, they, uh, when they created the, um, the county, they had to have a county seat. And from what I read, they picked Mount Vernon as the first place, right? Mm -hmm. Well, they it was also, the city over. Well, it was donated. Um, mm -hmm. I think there was some cash involved. Um, but basically, it was the center, the geographical center of the newly formed county, and somebody was willing to donate the money for the town, or the land for the town. So. True. So I always like to ask this question, uh, how did your folks come to live here in uh, Lawrence County? I'm a relative newcomer. Um, my folks came in in the 60s. My dad transferred into the old Carnation milk plant. Um, he's a Minnesota fan, and my mother's from eastern Kentucky, and they came here from Los Angeles. So where do you live now? I live here in town. About where from the courthouse? How could folks find? Like two blocks. Two blocks. <laughs> well, you are, so you had to come very far. No. Uh, Ms. Fairchild, how did your folks come to live here in uh, Lawrence County? My family actually goes back to the 1840s in here. Wow. Yeah, so um, I, in my office downstairs, I have pictures of ancestors who served in county office here in Lawrence County. So um, we've been here a long time, but I didn't come till elementary school. Lawrence County was where we came for vacation because it was a wonderful place to be. So It was just so much fun. Yes. I like that. Yes. Uh, so where do you live at now? I live about a half mile from the courthouse here in Mount Vernon. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Skyler, Mr. Lacey, uh, where, where do you, uh, how'd your folks come to live here in Lawrence County? Uh, I would say it was back in the 1800s. Um, my great-great-grandfather, um, Tillman Buffington, started a dairy farm in Chesapeake, Missouri. And then my grandpa, Junior Buffington, uh, kept, kept the farm going. Um, we still have that family farm to this day. Um, and that's how that's how they that's how they grew the roots in Lawrence County. Where's that farm at? Uh, Chesapeake. It's about uh, 15 minutes from here. How how do you get there from Mount? Uh, 174, um, yeah. and head towards the Republic. It's right between Mount Vernon and uh, Republic. And uh, you know, I've always loved the land off there. Growing up hunting. What do you grow? Uh, he he grew dairy farm. Um, I grow. I grow deer, <laughs> and I try to shoot those right? deer. Yeah, yeah. Do you have like a, a, a fence, a pinned-in farm? No, nope, no. Nope. I, I just put in a bunch of crops, and uh, you know, me and a couple buddies here in Lawrence County, we grew up doing it. You know, when we were 16, 17 years old, we didn't have anything except a handheld garden tiller, and we go out there and try to till up a half an acre, try to grow big deer, and um, now that we've gotten a little bit older and got you know big boy jobs. Um, we're, we're able to uh, be like our, our grandfathers that had the tractors that never let us borrow it and made yeah. us work for it here in Lawrence County. Um, but 
yeah, now, now uh, you know, we have our own tractors and we're able to go out there and we try to um, grow deer all over Lawrence County, um, Barry County, even up uh, in Atchison County. You know, we do quite a bit of hunting there and that's just kind of our Missouri roots. You Time know. of year you start thinning them out, right? Uh, well, we, we sure hope so. Uh, Saturday, and, Saturday and Sunday, uh, I'm sure that's where I will be. My grandpa had a tractor, and I wasn't supposed to drive it, so of course the only thing I want to do is go drive it. Right. But it spit oil the whole time he's driving it. Yep. One of my old John Deere's. Yep. And I just, there's no way after I'd drive that tractor around, I'd come in the house, I couldn't get all the oil off me. <laughs> and I couldn't figure out, I mean, I'd do everything I could. I'd change clothes. I'd change clothes finally, and I'd get on the tractor and drive it. Then I'd put them old clothes back on. I finally figured out later in life it was the smell yep. that gave me away. They, they weren't finding the oil on me. I mean, I'd clean myself like I was a newborn. <laughs> But they could smell that oil on me, and I did just give me oil because I had to give a garden hose bath. Yep. Uh, Mr. Cole, how'd you come to live here in Lawrence County? Well, the University of Missouri decided this was where I ought to be. I started out my career in extension in 1964 in Saline County, up at Marshall, and uh, I always uh, had a, a liking for cattle as much as any agriculture crop, beef cattle. And uh, this position came open in 1968, and I transferred down here then. Interesting. It's uh, always interesting how folks end up living. Where, where do you live at here in the county now? Oh, just across the uh, business route. We're, uh, uh, I think, less than a mile, certainly, from my workplace, which is the uh, courthouse. One of my favorite things, I mentioned the courthouse about Lawrence County, I remember I knew Sam Jones, you know, from here for a long time and a point of pride, I'm sure, for folks that live here. Uh, this courthouse is just breathtaking. And I saw Ms. Fairchild, it's even on the oh, yes. logo you got there. That's right. It is a gorgeous place. And so I got to reading about how it came to be. And like all, you know, most courthouses, the county starts off, they're very, they're very poor. They came together and put, uh, put an 18 by 30 in in 1846. It started off, it's interesting. You, you, I bet you don't find a lot of projects like this in Southwest Missouri since, but it was gonna be $400. And then they added 200 to it. And it came in at $700. And it was uh, a gentleman out of Springfield, Matlock uh, and Sanders out of Springfield that built it. And uh, I, it, it said it was a point of contention for quite some time. Yeah. Um, and then they had to come back. It didn't last all that long, <coughs> pardon me. So they came back in uh, 1853 to build a bigger one, a 50 by 60, and they had to make a promise they would keep a lot of it local. They didn't trust a Springfield person coming over and running up the tab, and that cost around $7,000, which I thought was interesting. And then what I read was um, in 1895, it's so interesting, around the state, a lot of these courthouses get built because the judge rules them condemned. He kind of, they can't get the county commission to move and, and pay, so he'll order it condemned. And they ordered this one condemned, but he brought a commission in, which I thought was kind of interesting. He brought a few different judges together to give him a little cover and condemn the old courthouse. And so then on um, July 1st, 1900, they passed a $50,000 bond. And then just kind of showing how they learned their lesson, they had a guy from Chicago come in. Um, it was George McDonald designed this, but there was a, a group out of Chicago come in and they lost their, they forfeited their bond on it. They couldn't get it. They got down here and they bid $48,875. I always think if the bid's 50 grand, the bond, they hit that number pretty close, right? Yeah. That's about right on. Well, these folks forfeited their bond and then um, some other folks, uh, more local out of Aurora, came in and actually built it and opened it up. Um, it is a beautiful courthouse that's been copied by Johnson, Adair, Bates. A lot of folks have copied this, but it's got to be a real point of pride for folks that live here, Ms. Fairchild. They get to see this beautiful building and how you've maintained it. Yeah, it certainly is. The county commissions over the years have made a point to try to bring it back as much as possible, but still make it usable. So they've taken advantage of some preservation grants and all. But, you know, anything of consequence in the early history of Lawrence County happened in and around the courthouse. And we have some pictures up on the wall here that show meetings that were held here to try to encourage people or to try to get, for instance, the Missouri State Sanatorium located here in Lawrence County, oh, wow. the carnation plant that eventually brought Jamie's family. Um, <clears throat> those public meetings were right here, some of them right here in this courtroom that, where we're sitting. So it's always been a central place, the uh, um, 
young men would gather on the courthouse lawn before leaving for World War I. Uh, they had the funeral wow. for the last, um, for um, Boswell, wasn't it, mm -hmm. that uh, killed on Armistice Day. They had his funeral on the courthouse lawn. It's uh, Well, and one interesting thing to note, in the previous courthouses before this one, there was always some kind of um, Masonic Lodge, Odd Fellows Group, something that would kick in funds to build the upper floor, and they would use that as their meeting space. And politics at the time, when they were bidding this one, they, the Masons couldn't get along with the Odd Fellows and vice versa. So they completely cut those groups out, and the county had to fund it completely. And that was part of the problem, and that was part of the issue between there was also some Aurora thought they should have it, and, and there were other communities, well, why are we putting so much money into something that's not even in our community? Um, and they made changes to the architectural drawing, like there were, there was, there were some entryways, some right. stone entryways that were taken away. Um, but at the end of the day, this is what we got. And, and I think it's pretty fantastic. It is, I mean, yeah. it is It is a beautiful, there's almost iconic building. Yeah. You know, they paid off the bonds for this, they paid off the bonds for this in 10 years. And then after the 10 years, the city of Mount Vernon had promised free water and lights. Um, well, when the building was paid off, the city started charging them for water and lights. County said, we're not paying it. You promised you would provide it. So the city turned off the power and, and water service. They ended up working out the difference, but uh, you know it's not always been smooth sailing. That's interesting. It's all how the whole stories come together. Right. We'll take a break. We talk about the Civil War and thank our sponsors: the Missouri Farm Bureau, Missouri Association of Counties, and uh, the Missouri Association of Electric Co-ops. Let us come to places like uh, Mount Vernon and sit in a beautiful courthouse like this. We're actually sitting right now in the room of uh, in the in the actual presiding uh, court. Uh, courtroom, and it is a beautifully historically maintained building. It, it it just has, I'm sure it looks a hair different than it did in 1900 when they finished it, but it is a it has really been preserved well. And it's a beautiful building. Let's talk about the Civil War. This courthouse made it through the Civil War. Um, when I was reading, it said some counties in Southwest Missouri were very pro-Confederacy. Lawrence might have been a little more divided than some others. Well. Um... <coughs> I'd call it a pretty good 50-50 split. And a lot of these men, it, early on, it joined the Missouri State Guard not because they were pro-Confederate, um, because they didn't like what the Federal Army had done declaring war on Missouri citizens. Um, and then after Wilson's Creek and their 90-day en enlistment expired, a lot of these guys just went home. Um, but it was not, for a, a period of about a year, 1861, 1862, I would not have wanted to live here. Um, there was a saying that they would look to see which flag was on top of the courthouse to see which way, which way they needed to do business that day. Um, and then further into the war, of course, as the, the federal government got the military maintained control, um, there really wasn't a huge Confederate presence here. There were some, bush, some bushwhacking, um, not to the extent of like the Burt District sure. further north. Um, but there were some pretty horrifying stories, and population dropped by 67 percent between 1860 and 1864. And that that was interesting to me. Now, now the, the thing that popped out though was on February 18th they had the Rebel Flag episode. Oh yes. Now tell me about the Rebel Flag episode. I like how you knew exactly what I was talking about. Well, um, a little backstory there. That's what I like. Um, up to this point, that was the spring of 1862, and up until that point. Um, the Missouri State Guard had control of Southwest Missouri, and they were based mm -hmm. out of Springfield. And there were still groups, it's funny because in different parts of the state, the bushwhackers weren't always Confederate, and they weren't always Union. Sometimes they were just jerks. Um, but it bounced back and forth, so the, the, bush, the ones doing the bushwhacking early on were actually Union sympathizers. Um, and they knew that General Price was getting ready to pull out, he was heading to Arkansas, mm -hmm. And so things got pretty intense. And a small group of soldiers rode in and raised what was then the Confederate flag, not what we think of the Confederate flag now. And then General, um, at this, this happened literally as 
General Price was evacuating Springfield and heading south, and he, the feds were hot on his tail, and they sent a group of soldiers down here to bring that flag down. But all of the soldiers involved were local boys. None of them were like from St. Louis, or they were all local. Um, and so they brought the flag down, and, and that was used for the rest of the wars when we brought the flag down. Um, but literally, this was not a, a good place to be. It just wasn't. Um, you, couldn't, you couldn't help your neighbors out because somebody might accuse them of doing this or of being Southern sympathizing or helping Southern sympathizers or you stole my horse and, and well, sold it to the Army. What, I mean, this was a terrible, terrible place to be. And a lot of people just left. And a lot of folks still to this day, I, I mean, you know, they say some of the things that happened after the war really dated back to the treatment of the Union Army's treatment of the folks that lived here, the folks that treated each other. And then, you know, you had a bushwhacker everywhere. And it, it, it really showed, I, it was interesting to me how the population just plummeted down to hardly anybody living here by the end of the war. I guess it's just because there was no, there's very little rule of law. Even the folks that said they were for rule of law would mistreat you too. Well, and there was a very difficult winter in the middle of that. There were some crop failures. Um, people were hungry. Um, you couldn't keep your stock. Uh, it just, like I said, there were numerous reasons. But it wasn't quite as black and white as far as Southern and, and Union. And, and in my research... Um, Opportunism seemed to be the rule. It was the rule. But we also saw where, depending on what the law stated, because the state law still superseded a lot of things, um, you saw people taking advantage of the law. For example, um, I know of one Confederate family. He joined up, went south... Uh, family never came back. He, a cousin by marriage, accused him of stealing a horse, and they auctioned his farm off right on the courthouse steps for non-payment of debt. And then the cousin turned around and sold, bought the farm for ten dollars, and then turned around and sold the farm back to his cousin for a dollar. Um, and and there were, but the cousin that bought it and that stayed here was a union. He fought for the federal. Um, but he saved his cousin's farm. I see a lot of things like that where the family bonds still tended to mm -hmm. hold together. And slavery was not an issue here. I mean, it wasn't, there were 276 slaves, I believe. In a lot the of hills, right? When there were hills, there wasn't as many used for slavery. Well, and there's also, um, we didn't have a river. We didn't have a railroad. Mm -hmm. We had no way to move large quantities to market. Um, other than Teamsters. So in the state of Missouri, I mean, Greene County, due to its its population, had was was the biggest, you know, slaveholding county in southwest Missouri. But the big counties were a Little Dixie along the Missouri River, where sure. they were growing hemp, and you know, and cotton was not a big, you know, people think of cotton with the South. Um, the climate wouldn't support cotton. So uh, as they came out of the war. Uh, there's an incident that is, that is not, a, not a great one to talk about, but it's part of the history. Uh, on August 19, 1901, there were three people lynched from the Pierce City Jail. Mm -hmm. uh, after that, there was a, some more kind of mob violence. Why do you think that that kind of anger existed? Well, it wasn't just here. Yeah. Um, there was a tremendous lynching movement, for lack of a better term, um, all across the country. And a lot of it had to do with economics. Um, our first local lynching was in 1894. Um, and they forced all the black population out of Monette into Pierce City. Um, that kind of led up to it a little bit. Um, we also saw that- Why did they do that? What was their reasons for doing that? Um, a black man entered a cafe and tried to order a meal. Is that right? And it just went downhill from there. Um, Which explain, I mean, to me, you know, a little north of here, the Burnt District, and it's a little easier to easier to understand why those folks would have a lot of hate for people. You know, but break down for me how, um, from your perspective, folks could get there. I mean, in their head, I mean, the, the anger, I guess, just the the poverty, and you had to be mad at somebody, right? Well, for here locally, um, you had a, 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 the county was roughly twenty five percent African American. In Which would be a lot, right? For it's a quarter. South, yeah, southwest Missouri, that'd be a lot. Um, and most of these families didn't weren't slave families that had stayed. They were people that went west, just like their white counterparts. Mm -hmm. um, although the family that was lynched in Pierce City, they had white ties here. Um, the family matriarch was a slave that was brought here in the 1840s, and that's how they ended up here from Kentucky. 
But you also had a growing class of people that were, they had businesses, they had farms, they were starting to become an economic power. And there were some other things going on. They were, they were getting a bit too big for their britches, so to speak. And they had to be knocked down into place. Um, I mean, that's just a fact. But it wasn't just here. But leading up to that, there were Pullman Porter strikes. There were international or national strikes on the, involving the railroad that shut down commerce. And then we had a drought in the middle of it. And we had all these things built up. And then you have. And then the, you took it out on folks. The people, well, people have, took it out on folks who were different. Right? Well, you had the obligatory white woman is 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 attacked sure. by a black man, although there was no real witness to it. Um, and then you know. How's that, how's that hang over the county today? I mean, I'm sure that the, the, the folks try to be, do a little extra to atone for that, that people will try to sweep around the rug. What, what do, you, do you think most folks here even know about that? Well, Murray Bischoff um, has done a lot of research on it, and he organized an effort to a, a kind of, a, what would you call it, Jamie, uh, make community be restored, had a monument made for uh, Pierce City and. And each year, in fact, he holds a memorial service to remind people to recognize the, what happened and to try mm -hmm. to learn from it and to keep things like this from happening again. But I thought that the, what he used on that monument, May Community Be Restored, was telling. Because um, in Pier City, the people who were forced out, they were part of the community. They were part of the fabric of the community. They were their neighbors, you know, it wasn't uh... Well, and the mob, it, it, it came in two waves. And one of the widows, actually, of, of one of the lynching victims actually sued. Um, and in that, those court depositions, and the way it was all done, it would never fly today. I mean, you've got everybody in the same room taking the depositions. And, um, but it was local people that did it. It wasn't, and, and all the newspapers put it as there were these train loads of men that came in, and there were, um, but they closed the saloons, and then, you know, everything calmed back down, and then they reopened the saloons. The guys went in, started drinking, and went, let's go get them. And they, so Will Godley was hung, and then it all calmed down. And then they came out of the, the saloons and the bars, and they, went into the black neighborhood, shot it up, um, house burned down, and that's where the other two men were in the house. And one of them was an elderly fellow who was very well respected, and they actually said that, you know, that was a crying shame. We didn't mean to get him. But in the middle of all of it, the county sheriff took his badge off. And there are at least two verifiable sources where he said he was not a lawman tonight. Um, and then there was also uh, the, the Pierce City National Guard is down there and was there at the time, and they threw the armory open. That's wow. where they got the guns. Um, but I think a more important question to ask is, why isn't anybody talking to the African-American community about this? Um, I know so, some of the families, one of the families that Murray Bischoff spoke with, you know, they won't come down at all. Um, I'm in contact with some of the godly descendants, um, of the, and they were the other men that were lynched. Um, and I had the unfortunate job of explaining to one of them what had happened here. Oh, wow. um, they didn't talk about it. But this family, um, this particular family, there was a cousin lynched in Kentucky before they got here, and then they, the lynching happened here. Then they went to Joplin and then on to Pittsburgh following jobs, and um, another brother was lynched in Pittsburgh the next year. Um, but they were also, they didn't fit, I think, the societal norm at the time of, you know, what, what African-Americans were supposed to be. Skylar, going up here, did you hear that story? Did you know about that? Yes, I did. Uh, uh, on my um, other side of my family, on my grandfather's side, he was from Pier City, and uh, he, he told me that story when I was a boy. But, you know, looking back at it, then to now, um, I feel like a lot of the younger generation do doesn't know that story. Um, <coughs> Which um, is a it, it is history, but at the same time, you know, I'm glad we're moving forward, you know, yeah. out of it. So we're going to talk about our next segment. We're talking about uh, Lawrence County today. We thank our sponsors again, the Missouri Farm Bureau. 
Missouri Association of Counties and the Missouri Association of Electric Co-ops. Let's talk about the history of Lawrence County. We'll be right back after this. We are Missouri Farm Bureau Insurance, and we're for the Missouri way of life. We're for worrying less about the what-ifs and more about the why-nots. We're for checking off your bucket list and then making a new one. For starting a family, a business, a tradition. And if you find yourself starting over, we're here for that too. We're for building a life in Missouri and then going out and living it. And when it comes to making sure everything you've built is protected, we're for you. We are Missouri Farm Bureau Insurance, and we've got Missouri covered for life. It's so much easier than when I was. Welcome back to Show Missouri, the history of Missouri, one county at a time. We're enjoying the, one of the most beautiful counties you'll find, the rolling hills of the Ozarks in Lawrence County, Missouri. We're at the historic, beautiful courthouse in the, uh, in the courtroom upstairs. Just terrifically, if you're a fan of history, you can't really go wrong taking a road trip down 44. Look at some of the beautiful places in southwest Missouri. There's no prettier place in the courthouse square here in Mount Vernon. We're the, uh, Ms. Jamie, the Historical Society, has been telling us all about the history of the county. Thank you for staying with us. Oh, thank you. Kathy Fairchild, the county treasurer, appreciate your time. Thank you. Skylar Lacey with the Missouri Farm Bureau Agency here. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you sticking around. And Olden Cole uh, with the extension. Thank you, thank you so much for sticking around. Tell me, uh, Scott, about the business community. Where do folks work that live here in Lawrence County? Um, well, you know, we, we do have uh, quite a few factories, um, especially here in Mount Vernon. Um, we have uh, Schreiber Foods, is, which is probably one of our bigger workforces. Um, but we've been growing. Uh, we've added, uh, we've added um, a Walmart over the years. Um, uh, we got Silgam, which uh, Schreiber's just bought the rest of it to broaden their um, operation there. Um, uh, I would say most of our workforce, though, being here centered off 44, um, most people are going to either Joplin or Springfield for work, Republic. Um, Monet also has a, a huge um, you know, driving force of employment there, um, and I, we're just kind of a bedroom community for that. But I know me as being on the uh, Lawrence County, well, Mount Vernon Chamber of Commerce, um, we've been working on trying to get other businesses to come to Mount Vernon to not necessarily grow um, Mount Vernon, but make it make us stronger as a as a community. So true. Talk about the co-ops, uh, Ms. Fairchild. Uh, what, do you, what, do you, what electric are y'all on? Ozark Electric Cooper Cooperative handles much of our rural mm -hmm. uh, electric service, and then the uh, City of Mount Vernon and City of Aurora are, uh, are Liberty Utilities. And uh, yeah, so we have a mix here. That's interesting. Interesting as. Uh, as time goes by, uh, Skylar, what what's the ag uh, here? Is it mostly cattle? What do you all raise? It is uh, mostly cattle, and I believe um, uh, we're the number two in, uh, in beef in the state. Is that correct? In the state, we're either one or two usually. Polk County up at Bolivar kind of nudges us out every now and then. But uh, consistently, we've uh, been pretty strong in beef cattle. We were originally a dairy county. That's what I was going to ask you. Yeah, what about dairy? The dairy uh, is minuscule anymore. The dairy has kind of uh, fallen on tough times. And uh, we now, I would imagine we have maybe 15 or 20 dairies total in the county when we used to be talking about hundreds of, of dairy farms. But beef is big. It uh, works pretty good with farms who have uh, off-farm employment and mm -hmm. use the beef as a little bit of, of uh, extra income. Uh, but the beef business is not terribly profitable. But if people had the land and uh, have the uh, desire to do something with that land in the way of agriculture, uh, beef seems to be an option that is very well Tell me why found. dairy went out around here so hard. Just the price? Uh, you were going to have to get bigger mm -hmm. or get out. And uh, a lot of them, uh, there was a lot of expense to expanding and becoming competitive. And that's what I see as one of the, the major causes of uh, 
decline in Madari. And uh, it's a lot of hard work. The young people coming on, they didn't want to work that hard. And uh, so they uh, found employment either in Springfield, Joplin, or some other state maybe. Explain to me how the price, if you go to the store, of beef goes up and up and up. But I hear folks that raise cattle and sell it say the price isn't going up for them. <laughs> it's true. It is true. And there's a lot of, uh, of wrangling around done on the national level with uh, governmental agencies and all trying to figure out how, uh, how we can kind of get a little more equity in our uh, farming enterprise mainly beef. Uh, it it makes sense if prices go up and folks that, you know, I understand the process of prices going up and the folks on all parts of it make a little more money. But it just seems like that profit on that price going up is being squinched right in the middle somehow. I, just I don't, don't know. have good I don't know that many folks that raise them that, that say the price is going up too much. No, but uh, kind of going back to Lawrence County's position, interestingly enough, uh, we have consistently ranked uh, 25 to 30th in the nation as far as beef cattle uh, cow-calf operation is concerned. And uh, I like to pull it down even on a smaller scale. If you uh, look at the number of cattle we have per square mile, uh, we're probably in the top five in the nation as far as counties and beef cattle production. This is just a very uh, good place to run a cow-calf or <coughs> increasingly what we call a backgrounding or a stalker operation. We have some very sizable operations uh, that uh, some people have been fortunate to accumulate a good bit of wealth and uh, they have acquired more land. And uh, so we, we've, we've got kind of an interesting blend here of really big farms with maybe five, six, eight hundred or more cows that they operate. And then we have a lot of 30 and 40 cow operations. The 30 and 40 cow operations, uh, they've got to have off-farm employment yeah. and or retirement, or they have been very fortunate in acquiring uh, some land from deaths within the family. Mm -hmm. They have expanded. And uh, interestingly enough, even though I like to talk about the cattle, uh, those feathered friends are pretty prominent as you drive around southwest Missouri. Turkeys, laying hens, broilers. Uh, we have a, a pretty high ranking in several of those categories thanks to the integrators that have moved in to southwest Missouri. Ms. Verge, I'll tell them about politics. Best I can remember, Lawrence County has been Republican long before it was fashionable for all the other counties in the state to be Republican. Guys, it goes back 100 years maybe, right? How far? I don't know if I can answer that exactly. I know the further back you go, though, you get more of a mix. Yeah. So, um, and interestingly enough, I don't think I can pull the name up, but after the Civil War, there was a, a former Confederate that was elected to public office here in Lawrence County. That was so, the case all yeah. over the state. I think, yeah. I think they had, like, after, the, after they started letting Missourians vote for their governor again, mm -hmm. I think a Confederate military man won like four in a row elections. I think it was it was an interesting thing how they uh, it was always someone that had Confederate military service that won the governor's office. But uh, yeah, all over the state that's the case. But I just remember back you know 60s, 70s, where the state was rural Missouri was very Democrat. Mm -hmm. Lawrence County and this part of the state there were there were two little pockets of Republicans. There was Cape Girardeau was Republican. That was not mm -hmm. that big. St. Louis, the wealthier part of St. Louis was Republican, and then Southwest Missouri is where the yeah. Republicans were. Yeah. And then you guys have been home to the Blonts and the Ashcrofts, and right. you know, coming come out of here. Uh, tell me about the schools in around here. 
Lawrence County is known for good schools. Yeah, in fact, hey, our Miller Cardinals uh, just won the state championship in volleyball. All right, so. now tell me, so we're in Mount Vernon. Mount Vernon's mm -hmm. got a, I remember playing ball and, and seeing Mount Vernon. Pierce City has a school. Yes. Now Miller, where's Miller at? Miller's just to the north, about nine miles okay. from where we're at right now. We've got Marionville to the southeast. We've got Aurora south of here. We've got um, Verona southwest, a little bit southwest, I'd say. Pierce City. Um, oh my goodness, don't let me miss something. Oh so, dear, yeah. Monette, Monette is split between Barry kind of, and Lawrence yeah, County. That's what I remember. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you tell me, what is the what is the rivalry game for Mount Vernon? Is it football? Is it basketball? And who do they play? Football. Okay. Yeah. Ask Skyler. And who and who, who they play? Who's the who's the big game? Uh, Mount Vernon versus Aurora. Mount Vernon the and Aurora. Bell Bowl. Yeah, the Bell Bowl. Now Aurora, they'd be a little smaller, right? Uh, no, they're actually bigger than us as a as a town. Is that is that they get some Springfield suburbs? Or how, where where does that come from? Uh, no, uh, Aurora's kind of its own little niche, I'd say. But it's right? on the railroad. Yeah, it's on okay. the railroad. Yep, and. Uh, yeah, it's always been a big, uh, a big deal for um, kids that went to Mount Vernon or Aurora. You know, when do they play that? They wait till the end of the season when they play um, early? Yeah, usually it's later in the season. Yeah. Um, I, I know uh, not necessarily this year, but years past there was, uh, uh, I mean, that was the game. That was the game to go yeah. to, even during basketball. Um, you know, back when I was in high school, we made national news. Um, we beat them in basketball one year, and our bus got vandalized on the way back um, to Mount Vernon. Uh, there they, used to be some pretty hardcore pranks. Yeah, yeah, they. Uh, I like that. They would they paintball their bus and threw stuff on the bus, and um, while away was driving, that was pretty, pretty crazy. Um, but yeah, it, it was a big time rivalry. Well, that, you know, it's funny. You go back and think of school. When I went to Neelyville, it's a school right on 1A, right on the state line in Butler County. You don't, you know, you don't think about a test you took or something or some fact you learned. You think about the, that kind of stuff from back in school. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they, boy, boy, I hated. He was from Twin Rivers. He was our rival. Hated him. Oh, I couldn't stand him when we was in school together. I met him later in life, and we met. And we was having a drink and got talking about old times. We're always best friends. It's yeah. the funniest thing. Well, back in the day, I, I'd have shot him if I could have saw him. But, you know, <laughs> 10 years later, we both got kids and family, and we're just talking about old days. And uh, you was always buddies if you just watching us, you know. Yeah, same talk, thing happens here, that's for sure. Talk about some of the famous folks. I was surprised by the list. It's a pretty good list. Uh, I think Jack Goodman's going to be somebody that one day folks will know as a famous Lawrence County, if they don't already. Um, I was interested to see there's a guy named Bobby Burke who is on a TV show called, I think it's a fashion show, which is interesting to me. Oh. <laughs> is he a younger guy? Younger guy, yeah, yeah quite famous. Mm -hmm. I, I, there's a whole world that I miss, kind of watching the Cardinals and watching the news. But, but other people I know know this show very well. I can't think of the name of it, but he's a very famous guy. Just because I don't know him probably means you are famous. You know, if I know him, it's probably because you, you know, played country music in the 70s or something. Uh, a guy named Dalton Weeks is in a band that, that Betsy Fogel's already texted me, she knows, called Panic at the Disco. He's a bass player for them. And apparently, again, this is a very famous person that I have missed out on completely. I know that band, and I never knew a guy from Mount Vernon next to there, but that is impressive. Uh, yeah, I, he's apparently a big deal. You look him up, Dalton Weeks. I, I, I put him on my Twitter account, we put him on our Facebook page for the show so you can check him out. Then I was super impressed by this Dr. Augustus Stitchfield. He was one of the founders of the Mayo Clinic, which I had no idea had roots here in Lawrence County. I mean, what a amazing to think about all the people. You know, I, I know two people that personally that were basically told we can't help you anymore by, by you know, large hospitals. Go to the Mayo Clinic and they live another 10 years. It's amazing to think those things come out of Missouri. Uh, let me ask folks, um, Tell me about apple butter making days. Who wants to start? You're on the chamber. Yeah, uh, uh, this was my first year being the president of the chamber and uh, um, actually going through behind the scenes with uh, apple butter making days. And, you know, growing up, you don't see 
you know, you come down here and hang out with friends and shoot marshmallow guns at each other. Um, but now, uh, when you get older, you kind of see the behind the scenes and what it does for um, the community um, and what it does for a lot of the uh, community's um, fundraising events. I know most of the uh, youth groups around here, they get probably um, a good chunk of their uh, proceeds to go on mission trips and stuff like that comes from apple butter making days um now tell me um for i got a couple questions about this when is it normally uh second weekend of october october so we we're, we're kind of in that season we'll pass mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. uh when you make apple butter does it taste like apples yeah and how do you make it do you really just churn it how you like it you're I can tell you, I just buy it. My my wife's never seen me in the kitchen. I don't plan on going. So, Uh, but I've I've tried to watch them on the square. I'm sure they know probably better than I I do. I actually was honored to help the Lawrence County Nursing Home make apple butter back in the day, and they used big copper kettles that are passed from generation to generation. They start before dawn, uh, put in the apples, and cook them all day, and stir them all day, and at a certain point. You add the sugar and the cinnamon, depending on which group it is. Some of them use Red Hots. Um, you know, every, everybody has their own way. There's some local recipes that are a little different. And, um, yeah, and you have to know what you're doing to know the exact time to take it off the heat and to jar it, and it is an art. And there are still families here that get together to make it the old-fashioned way. So, yeah. Nice, nice. All right, this is my... Before I ask my favorite question, I'd like to ask because I want to thank our sponsors one more time. Missouri Farm Bureau, the Missouri Association of Counties, and the Missouri Association of Electric Co-ops. Let us come and talk about the history of Missouri in places like Mount Vernon here in Lawrence County. Uh, Jamie, I want to ask you one last question. If you could bring somebody here that ain't from this part of the area, what would you show them in Lawrence County? What would you have them know about the folks here? Oh, there's a lot of places I would show them. Now, give me one. Um... I don't know if I can, it's private property. Oh. Um, we have some beautiful springs, absolutely beautiful springs. Now from here, where would you see them at? Um, west of town. West of town, gotcha. Um, I hate to say it, because it's private property. Um, but we also have some beautiful people. Um, one thing that I always say, and, and I, I bring this up, especially after Joplin, um, for a lot of us Joplin, everybody knows what, what we were doing that day. Um, one thing that I was really proud of, and, and we do this here, um, not just for Joplin, so to speak, nobody asked for help. It was just there. Um, when somebody's hurting, when someone needs, needs help, like you know, fundraisers for, for sick people, um, we don't have to go very far. We take care of our own, um, but we're also very, very generous to others and, and those that come into our community. Um, a couple of my favorite places in the county would be Goss Cemetery, um, which is right off of Route 66, just south of Phelps. Um, it's just a pretty little old cemetery. Um, and we've extolled the, the virtues of the of the courthouse, and then there's some springs, and then there's Talbot's um, conservation land, conservation area that's northwest of town. Um, I'm not sure how big it is. Ellen, you may be better. It's several thousand acres. Yes, and, and there's the university's research center. Yes. Oh, yeah, where's that? 900 acres, just about four miles west of Mount Vernon. Interesting. A uh, four-region beef research area and a rising star on the elderberry scene. I've heard about that. Ms. Job, where would you take folks here? And I'd, you I'd take them to the Adamson cabin. It's a restored 1850s cabin next to our museum. And uh, people can go what daylight hours anytime. They're welcome to go up there. And there is a, a, a certain piece there that transcends history. You um, go just enjoy the cabin. Was lazy. Where would you take folks that you brought in the county? Where would you show them? Oh, if I wasn't so private, I'd show them my farm because I, yeah. I, I have been blessed uh, with a pretty good view of, of my farm. But 
um, Chesapeake. I'd probably take him Chesapeake. Uh, you know, he'd just driving uh, through 174 on the way to Republic. You, you get back down into those valleys, and right now with all the trees changing, it's really the prettiest time of year to go through there. But um, you're you're going to see a little bit of everything. Um, when I when I got basic training in 2010, I brought my best friend from basic training from uh, um, shoot, Illinois, the big town. Chicago. Chicago. Yes, <laughs> he came down from Chicago, and uh, you know, as a Cardinal fan, I love what you just did. Yeah, <laughs> That's awesome. yeah, the Bears. Who's the Bears? Yeah. Um, but I brought him down from Chicago, and uh, we went out to my family farm. Um, in Chesapeake and he just couldn't believe um, he couldn't believe it he's never seen cows like that he's never seen the wildlife like that um, there's so much wildlife around there um, and the colors he's never seen anything like that but going back to the people uh, that is one thing he said um, when he came down he's never met people that uh, well for example he was at the grocery store he bought some cereal because I was uh, I was 18 years old and I didn't buy groceries and he went to go buy some cereal to bring it back to the house and some ladies uh, told him good morning when he was walking out and he looked at her and he was like, what did you just say to me? And she's like, good morning? And he's like, oh, that's, you know, super sweet of you. He's like, yeah, he's never, you know, and we've been all over the world with the military, but he said he's never been to a more at-home place um, than awesome. Lawrence County. Give me a recommendation. Where do you like to eat here in town? Oh, boy. Um, I'm gonna say Country Junction, the gas station right there off of uh, 174. I'm a, I'm a connoisseur of gas station cuisine myself. Hey, I tell you what, the guy that owns it and those girls that cook in there, um, they have uh, steak sandwiches. They got all kinds of stuff. It's right there. It's quick, convenient, and it's great. I'm a fan of gas station. Yep. Where, give me a place to eat. Here in Mount Vernon. Oh, we like El Azteca. I mean, Mexican restaurant on Business Loop. We have one on the square too. But El Azteca, Azteca on, yeah. yeah, El Azteca on the Loop. Is anywhere you like to eat here down? We like El Azteca, um, and the Red Barn. It's kind of a if you like gravy and down home, that's oh, that's the place oh, to go. You can tell I didn't get this size, not eating gravy. <laughs> well, thank you all for your time again. I sure enjoyed visiting about Lawrence County. And we will see you next week on Show Missouri, the history of Missouri, one county at a time. Way down in Missouri, when I heard this lullaby, while the stars were blinking and the moon was shining high.